Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, I screwed up. I forgot that I called one. Somebody yelled at me because I knew the play that they were running. It was really the same play that they hit down the middle against us for a long touchdown. And uh, so I, um, somebody said call timeout, and I did. And then the official wasn't supposed to grant it. Um, they're supposed to not which, anyway, it's not his fault. Um, so they end up getting a five-yard penalty. So, so in that final drive, you should have had one timeout instead of zero? No. No. All right. I'm very, hi, Jed. Uh, hi, Dick. I'm, <laughs> I'm very confused. Zimmer, uh, um, a... a um, not angry. A, a downtrodden is probably not the right word either, but Good word. a defeated Mike Zimmer following mm, the Vikings' embarrassing loss to, to the Cowboys on Sunday is what you just heard. The show is comments from YouTube. Your Vikings-related comments that will be read by Declan Goff, who is not just the executive producer of this show, but also the co-host. I am Judd Zolgad, and as all things Purple Daily are, this uh, show is sponsored by our friends, presenting sponsors, Surly Brewing Company. Surly Furious is the way to go, but any Surly Brewing product is good. Check that out, and also want to give a shout-out to our friends at TCL-TV. Enjoy more with TCL, and as Dex said earlier today, I think it was on Purple Daily, if you happen to smash your non-TCL-TV out of frustration yes. after after the Vikings' devastating loss to the Cowboys on Sunday— and you are now in the market for a new TV to watch the Vikings on. TCL right. is who you should be looking to. All right, Declan, comments from YouTube. It's, it's your show. I'm just here to sure. react, I guess. Well, I mean, actually, I actually would motion it's the audience show, even though as much as I, like I love to make that. You know I love to take credit for things when it's I time for like, me to take yeah. credit as the millennial yep. that I am. Yep. Uh, but but uh, you don't take responsibility. No, I don't take responsibility. take credit. Oh, responsibility. God, no. I'm yeah. the youngest. I mean, somebody told four. you to call think. the timeout. No. Um, the official, nope. you know, Phil doesn't help you enough. No, no, no. I just, I'm just a messenger. That's Mackie and Judd's fault. That's Mackie and Judd's fault. Yes, this is comments from YouTube. This is your show. We uh, read your YouTube comments. Thank you, everyone, for watching Bentline. I, I, we had our biggest audience uh, of all time. So thank you so much, for everyone, for uh, for consuming us late and hanging out with us late last night. Uh, yep. There's a lot of comments here, Judd. Okay. From the game. You know what? We can do this as long as you want, Dex. Okay. Like if, if you want to go three hours, we go three hours. I know. And I, I know you would do that. I'm well aware. We'll start with David and JG here who kind of have uh, similar thoughts. David goes, so I say sell on the season. If anyone, and I mean anyone, offers me picks for Breland, Sheldon Richardson, Garrett Bradbury, Rashad Hill, I take it 
Also, love to see the Titans trade a second and fourth for Alexander Madison or more. Now, the, I heard the Titans are working out Adrian Peterson, so we'll see what happens there with Derrick Henry season likely uh, over with. Uh, and then JG, too, Judd, piggybacking off of David's comment, says, Football is a young man's game. Spielman, Zimmer, Kirk, Barr, Thielen, Smith all need to be traded while they still can. But Spielman won't do this because this team is about fan service, not about winning. So, Judd, the trade deadline, what? We're about Tuesday, tw- Tuesday right? Like yes, 24 sir. hours away. We're recording this yeah. at 1 p.m. afternoon on Monday, the day after the Vikings lost to the Cowboys. What do you think? Do the Vikings hit, hit any type? I, I don't. They're not going to sell the farm. And that right. doesn't happen in the NFL. It just doesn't right. happen. Trade deadlines are kind of unexciting. Uh, but what do you think the Vikings do here? Do they do they make some type of move? Do they sell off some piece? What, what would you think they do by the trade deadline? So I think that they have, have um, the possibility that if there's two veteran names that might be moved, I think it would be Sheldon Richardson, who, by the way, has been disappointing to me. I mean, he's not, he is, I, I think we're now seeing why the Cleveland Browns allowed him to leave. Uh, the other guy who I think might be drawing interest possibly Xavier Woods, the safety, who's on a one-year contract. He's cheap. He's been productive. Had a heck of a revenge game against his former Cowboys teammates on Sunday. Do I think the Vikings will trade those guys? I really don't. Um, I also, though, don't be surprised. And last night, crystallized it. So the Vikings are going to say, last night was a terrible loss, but we're not done yet. There's seven playoff seeds. Like, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. So, what the what the um, first person said, I agree with you, but I'm telling you, I don't think the Vikings will say that. I would not be surprised to see them acquire a cornerback before the deadline oh. passes because Dex, Patrick Peterson's going to be out for a while. I know that Rick said that, that he expects him back after the three games he has to miss on IR for the Green Bay game, but come on. Rick sports lies constantly. You can't believe a word that Rick says. Patrick Peterson is a veteran player with a hamstring problem, okay? So let's get past this. Oh, he's going to be back. It's no problem. We saw last night Rashad Breland is not good, which we've known. Uh, Cam Dantzler, I think, can be worked in, but he certainly has his deficiencies. I think that there's a very good chance, and this is going to frustrate fans, and I don't blame you, but I think that there's actually a better chance that the Vikings acquire a veteran, I'm not saying a big name, but a veteran cornerback who they think they can plug in as opposed to act, as opposed to trading away players. Personally, I would look to make trades. I don't think they will. Yeah, I, I was surprised they didn't make a move for a cornerback before the game going into Dallas uh, with so Pat we- P's injury. Right. So was I, and I'm sure that the coach asked for it and didn't get it, mm-hmm. right? And look, you know, cornerbacks are premium, and you know, Mackie was against it because you know, if, if you're gonna, you know, just take a guy off the street or look for some slappy, as you love to say, with a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick, well, like you can, you can get that in his estimation. You can get that out of you know a, a random Harrison hand. You can already have that on your roster. If you are going to make a move, well, then trade a second round pick, trade something to go get someone of of substantial nature. Um, if anyone wants Sheldon Richardson, yeah. Like, if someone wants a fifth for Sheldon, I'll take that flyer. I don't see them, obviously, punting uh, and and having a fire sale at the NFL trade deadline. Von Miller was traded on Monday morning. And just in general, as we said earlier, it, it's just the NFL trade deadline is actually probably the 
the weakest of the four major sports when it comes to trade deadline activity. It's better than it used to be. It is better. It's more fun now. But I, but I will say even MLB, the one thing the NFL doesn't necessarily do right, and you can have quotations among if it's even right or wrong, is the NFL trade deadline. It's just not a, It's not an exciting time for the sport, unlike the other three. I think that's probably the better way to frame it. It's just not an exciting uh, a deadline of moves. But if if this team had lost to the Lions and the Panthers and they were well, then you might yeah. and then and then yeah but they didn't last year they mm-hmm. they were one and five in their bye week and they they traded Ngakwe right to Baltimore and we thought okay tear it apart who cares at this point get your draft picks and they stopped right um I will still say I will I've been saying this and it feels like it's not getting enough traction I don't think for what we expected. Harrison Smith is having a good year. Hmm. Um, I would have looked to trade him last year. They will not trade him. I, I think the whole goal is for him to be a lifelong Vikings player. But tell me again last night, what did he do? Took a penalty. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, what has Harrison Smith done that says he's still even close to being the player that he was, which which was a star player who was on a Hall of Fame trajectory? He's still solid, but he is, I don't think, anywhere near the player that he was. Yeah, I don't hate that extension. Um, it's fine because it's basically a two-year extension. Safety is a position that ages gradually. So like, I, even if Harrison Smith hasn't looked like the player he has, I don't think he's been a detriment. I don't think he's been um, a, a, a bad part of that defense. But you're right. He hasn't been as opportunistic. He hasn't been – we haven't seen that Harrison Smith splash play. No, not only. And that's why I try to quantify it and write that down, that this is – this will finally happen. It'll get us big INT against the Cowboys. Still hasn't happened, and I'm wrong. And I admit when I'm wrong, and I'm yeah. held accountable, just like you are. That's why I would have traded him last year, though. Yeah, I, his value at the deadline last year to a contender. Oh, I was. I think you could have got a decent draft pick. Yeah, I agree. Now you can. A uh, couple questions here from Bob and Truth Spader. Bob says, "I have the same feeling today that I had after the embarrassing Josh Freeman Monday Night Football game a few years ago." Yeah. Uh, Judd, even before I get to the next question, I like it. What, what, what was more embarrassing, the loss uh, in the Meadowlands of the infamous Josh Freeman game or yesterday's loss to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys at home out of a bye week? Yesterday, because th- this team was supposed to be better. And by, by the time you got to Freeman, the quarterback position was a complete mess. And the team was a mess. Because people forget that this team went, what, 3-13, and 13, and then Peterson was great in I think it was two thousand what is that Dex twelve mm-hmm. and they made a play they made the playoffs and but the whole thing with less felt like it was at times more often than not sort of falling apart and the Freeman thing was just it was atrocious but as far as embarrassing goes it's last night mm-hmm. your defense is supposed to be the calling card of your team now I don't agree that that it is but the Vikings would argue that. And you lost to Cooper Rush, and and you made him look good. And, you know, we're talking today, the national shows are like, oh, you know, what Cooper Rush did, is this going to change things? And can Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. He plays a team with real defensive backs, and he'll be flipping burgers at Wendy's. So this is more embarrassing because that that Freeman team and it, at that time, that's a that's bad, but it wasn't shocking. It sure. really wasn't. Sure. Last night should qualify, and it doesn't for some, and that's a shame. But last night should qualify as shocking. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, the, the they're both embarrassing in their own outrights. Like that Vikings team, right? Too in in was that twenty thirteen or fourteen? I believe it was fourteen. 
13. 13. It was 13, yes. Yeah, because Mike's first year was 14. That, you know, that that wasn't, that Vikings team wasn't good. There wasn't expectations right. at that point. There was no quarterback. Like, there was no QB. So, and, and honestly, if I'm being, and I can expose myself, I was all in on that trade because I love me some Josh Freeman. Rick Spielman loved him too. Yeah, me and, me and Rick might have been the only two guys that were conglomerating for, uh, for Josh Freeman. If Josh Freeman had been available in 2009 when, yeah. when he was taken by Tampa, and then, of course, at like pick what twenty one or twenty two, the Vikings snag Percy. Yeah, if Freeman had fallen, the Vikings pass on Percy and take him. Yeah, they loved him. Uh, Truth Spader says, as a Cowboy fan, I'll have to tell you, you have an inflated talent of uh, uh, you have an inflated roster of talent. I was not impressed though. Your team is really average. If Dak had played, we would have blown you guys out. Judd, if if you can go back and and Dak Prescott's even not even fully healthy. Let's just say he was able to, to play yesterday with sure. that calf injury. Sure. Would the Cowboys have blown out the Vikings with the healthy death, Dak Prescott? Oh, yeah. They, they would have put up 38 points against that defense. And and once Hunter went out, we were back to 2020, Dex. That was 2020. There was no pressure. So, yes, when you have Dak Prescott, I mean, Cooper Rush picked Breland and Alexander, who didn't play well at all, the nickel corner. And Dantzler apart. Can you imagine what Dak, if Dak had stood there with no pressure, okay? So Dak, the calf is bad. He can't re- he can't run and scramble like he ordinarily can. But if Dak Prescott could have dropped back in the pocket, especially in the second half after Hunter went out, can you imagine what he would have done? Yeah, I say they put up 38 points. Mm. You? Yeah, I, I think they, they probably went big. I mean... Look, I, I I think that Cowboys offense is pretty damn good. Kellen Moore is, is a good coordinator. They were able to dial up a, a decent performance with a pack-up quarterback who hadn't played football outside of three plays, uh, in, in three snaps, I should say, in the last four years. Uh, yeah, they probably would have came in here and, and put a hammer down, and it would have been ugly. It would have been a lot uglier. It would have been a lot spookier on Halloween, too. So The Vikings might have scored points, though, because the problem, the problem starting last night's game was, and this drives me crazy, the Vikings take a lead on their first drive, and the scripted plays look great. And then it's like Zim says, "Okay, Cooper Rush is their quarterback. Let's let's hold them off the board now. Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't need to be a high scoring game. Like this is the whole thing that goes against everything that we talked about during the bye week. Embrace the offense and engage. And instead, it's like, okay, we got our touchdown. Now what we're going to do is we're going to crack down on Cooper Rush, and you're doing it with guys that aren't that good, right?" I mean, when, when you know, Pat B's been great so far. He's out, dude. This isn't that hard. This isn't like rocket science. Just try, it drives me nuts. Football coaches drive me crazy because they overcomplicate so many things. They do. And they're so wrong in their thinking because they're, they know so much that they can't get the easy stuff to the front of their brains. Well, it was so baffling on my end, and I believe uh, Courtney Cronin from ESPN pointed this out, that I believe the Vikings blitzed. Cooper Rush the least amount of times of any quarterback that like they 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 elected to not blitz yeah yesterday at all yeah. and wouldn't it and I I guess the thinking there is if I can put myself in the, in the shoes of a DC mm-hmm. or or any head coach that well if he's inexperienced and he's not capable we don't even need to blitz him right we'll just let him make the mistakes I would think that wouldn't you want to just send the house on him well, and make life hell case in point Xavier Woods safety blitz he fumbled. Yes, you 100%. When Hunter came out, that's another thing. When Daniil Hunter leaves, okay, and your, your, your defensive line now is weakened by a ton because Daniil Hunter's a great player. Wouldn't you adjust it and say, 
we got a blitz more now. So you're playing a soft coverage from your corners to give C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper free catches, and you're not blitzing. So what are you doing exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, is that an entire game of a pseudo-prevent defense? So, yes, I'm with you. And when Woods blitzed, he hit him. What happened? Not surprisingly, Rush fumbled. So, yes, it made what you just said makes perfect sense. What the Vikings did made no sense. And it didn't make sense that the game was going on. A couple of questions on the offensive side of the ball. This one from Disc Golf Details. I'm a fan of some disc golf. You ever play a Frisbee golf, Judd? I don't think I have. It was real big at one point. I feel yeah. like I don't hear about it as much now. It's still it's still a thing. It's it's a fun little game. I, don't I feel like five years ago know. or so it was talked about a lot. It was. It was. It was. It okay. probably didn't speak about five years ago. But Disc Golf Details says Kirk has to take more chances. I understand receivers are probably covered, but I saw too many safe plays. And Cody says there were two things I really liked about the offense: the first drive and that fourth and one yard one yard play call. Yeah. Other than that, it Great. was a dumpster fire of an offensive performance. Judd, your your thoughts on uh, our two listeners' comments there on just the offense being way too conservative outside of the fourth and one, which was a gutsy call, and I loved, by the way. That's a great call. That's um, my call. Yeah. Like, I make that call. I do that every time. I do that every like time. Like, if, if, if they had texted you and been like, Declan, what the hell should we do? You'd be like, that play. Yeah. But your thoughts on, on the offensive performance being too conservative uh, against the Cowboys yesterday? I mean, they didn't use the bye week to do exactly what we said the bye week had to be about, which was transitioning to and embracing the the offensive end and also saying, you know what, if we get looks from the Cowboys that make life difficult, we're going to have to adjust. We're going to have to find a way to score. Yep. We've got to stop with this thing of like throwing up our hands and being like, well, the offensive line was getting beat. It's over. The Vikings aren't the first team. In a league that has a lot of questionable lines, now Dallas's is very good. Their offensive line's great. But in a league that has a ton of problems on the line like that, the Vikings aren't the first team to have the, this problem. And they still have Jefferson. They still have Thielen. They still have Osborne. Uh, Conklin, great catch on that goal route. Again, first drive. Yeah, it's way too conservative. And that's what I'm saying is it was almost like the Vikings got that first touchdown they almost got a second on that deep shot to Jefferson, and then and then they're sort of like, okay, that's it. I went through the plays, right? Okay. The, the, the if I can find the um, <laughs> if I can find okay, ball possession and drive chart. I'm going to give you that for the Vikings the plays. All right. So there were twelve. There were twelve possessions by the Vikings. All right, Declan. Okay. First one goes seven plays, sixty-one yards. Touchdown. Wow. The second one, you took the deep shot to JJ. It didn't work, but it was still four plays, 18 yards. And I appreciate the fact that you took a shot. After that, three plays, five yards. Next drive, 11 plays, 44 yards. But that was three and out. And Dallas jumped jumped offside on the punt. So they gave you the ball back. If they don't, it's three plays. Next one, 418. Next one, 427. Next one, that results in a field goal, 733 yards. But then three consecutive drives, three plays, four yards, three plays, six yards, three plays, four yards. Yeah, dude. And then and then you got the go-ahead field goal on your second-to-last drive, 10 plays, 36 yards. And then the last one, which was just a debacle, was five for 22. But, you know, 
How do you go at a key point in that game, Dex? How do you go nine total plays and three punts and three drives? Yes, the offense is way too conservative. It's not run well. It's mismanaged. And I've gotten the point now, I don't care who's at fault. Um, It's just, I'm just done with it. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because that first drive, and they've done this all year, the Vikings have been the best opening, I believe they've scored the most points of any NFL team on their opening drive in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, then once the play, that that all those plays or all those situations get into like that Bill Musgrave little play call that I mentioned on Mackie and Judd or Purple Daily with you earlier this uh, on this Monday that it just seems like the play calls just get completely thrown out the window and it's and it, well and then it's Kirk baffling. starts to, and then Kirk starts to check down yeah and, and then Kirk gets pressured and so he gets skittish the, the predictability of what happens which is why which is why it drove me crazy when the Lions went into that prevent shell on on at the end, end of the game All that right. Joseph hit the field goal what Dallas did. Last night, last drive, they're like, screw it. Let's bring more pressure. And what does Kirk do? Kirk's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So, yeah. It's going to get fixed, but it's not going to be by these guys. Uh, Judd, before I get to a few more questions here on our comments from YouTube Edition, uh, you, you, you know, you got home late last night. I got to settle down. Got home late last night. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm sure, you know, I, I wouldn't be because I do this all the time after a long day. And it, it could be one in the morning or, you know, even at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. at night. I'm sure you might have cracked open just one extra beverage before you went to bed. Oh, and it would be, in, in fact, I, I actually did this on Saturday night while taking in the wild game in college football. And the beverage that you're talking about is the presenting sponsor of this show. And my good friends down the street from us here. Surly Brewing Company, and uh, yes, I did partake in in three Surly Furiouses, which were all delicious. And if you've tried them, we appreciate it. If you haven't, try it out. Surly, all their products are great. The Furious is my personal favorite. And again, Dex, not sure if you saw it, but last night, last night, we had people showing us their cans. Show us your cans. They were showing us. In fact, there was a, who was the guy? I think you retweeted this Halloween costume. Uh, he had the John Randall face makeup on. Yeah. He had another costume on and he was at the stadium with a surly furious. And this guy, what I liked was his night clearly ruined by the football team, but offset by the fact that he enjoyed a surly furious. Yeah. A very smart man there. Well, nothing spooky great about costume. that. That is just a great costume. It was not Dan Seaman. It was not our VP, as we may have thought it he was. He said no. he had a couple, though. Yeah. Surly Furious. Yeah, I, talked to him. I talked to him between shows. He said he did have a few. He had a few. So, good good for Love everyone. Everyone loves, everyone loves uh, a good Surly Furious. Yeah, absolutely. All right. A couple of questions here on Zimmer and just the future going ahead. Uh, Justin says, greetings from Puerto Rico. Thankfully, I was on vacation and missed the game. But it seems to me that Zimmer's defense has gradually gotten worse since halftime at that Minneapolis Miracle game. This game has passed him by. The fact he is unable to evolve as a head coach is malpractice. And Rain Man also says the most baffling thing about Zimmer is he doesn't learn. He keeps doing the same things over and over. He wants to burn clock, keep the games close, rely on kickers, but that strategy keeps burning him. How does it he not figure it out and try something new? He has not progressed as a head coach at all. Season 8 looks exactly like Season 1 for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, he's not changing. He's not changing, and that's why it's done. Yeah, that's exactly right. He doesn't have – he has his principles. Um, 
The other thing he has not improved at, and I thought he had a little bit last year, but I think I'm wrong now. His in-game management technique remains atrocious. I don't know if he gets too wound up in his defense, Declan, or if he just gets so wound up because of the entire atmosphere around the game. But the one thing that a coach has to do is slow the game down, you know, to call timeouts, to to run the clock or not run the clock. And Mike, Mike and P.J. Fleck have two things in common. They love to run the football to the point of great annoyance. <laughs> and the second thing is, in-game, they're both terrible. Um, last night, so so the back-to-back timeouts, big mistake, not excusable. That rule's been on the books forever. But the other one that got me, Dex, was, I think it was after the two-minute warning, the clock is running down. Dallas is on the move deep in Vikings territory after the uh, juggling catch when Breland tipped it and Amari Cooper caught it. And Dallas, the clock is running, and the Vikings, with three timeouts at that point, don't stop it. Like, they don't stop it once. And it's like they're going to score points here. You know that they're going to get points, almost certainly. And the Vikings were content to allow the clock to run, which, of course, Dallas was too. So explain that one to me. Like, how are you not taking a timeout to stop that clock to give yourself some time on the other end for when you eventually get the ball back? Does that make any sense at all? No, not at all. Like, the clock's just running and nobody's stopping it. And and they charge. so they charged them for the timeout that drew the penalty. But the fact is that if... It, if the game had been run correctly, that one that was charged for the penalty wouldn't have been a penalty because you wouldn't have tried to call back-to-back timeouts. But more importantly, you would have stopped the clock on the front end there to potentially give yourself more time. So after Dallas did get points, you had more time to respond. It's just very bizarre. Yeah, and the whole thing's baffling because like, if, if I look at the first tenure uh, or first half, I guess, of, of Zimmer's tenure, it was all about, all right, he had Matt Castle and then a rookie Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy was supposed to be his is his protege and, and the one quarterback that he absolutely loved. And and Teddy, even to this day, now he's with the Broncos, is still kind of the same guy. He's an effective, efficient quarterback who doesn't like to take risks and and won't turn the ball over. Um, and that worked for the Vikings because the Vikings were built around defense and being conservative, and Teddy not taking shots. And then obviously the injury happens to Ted, and Case Keenum goes on the magic carpet ride. But there's always the horseshoe around Case with Zim. So then. You get Kirk Cousins. Your offense evolves. Yes, you still have a very good defense around him when he arrives in 2018. Uh, but that defense then starts to wilter. Players leave in free agency. They age. They just aren't effective. And it's clear whether the Vikings have been good or not over the last year and a half, and obviously they haven't lived up to expectations, is that the MO of this offense over the last, and this is a good amount of sample size, we're at like 25, 27 games dating back to 2020, that the MO of this team is offense. And, and yes, the defense has needed fixing. The defense isn't what it used to be, but the MO is offense. And for whatever reason, Zimmer has still not figured that part out and doesn't right. want to evolve and lean into that. And, and if Hunter indeed has a torn pack now and his season is done, and that looks probable as we record this, Declan, your defense now is without its best cornerback, easily probably its best player, Right, because Hunter is your best player, flat out on defense, no and doubt. he's one of your best players just across the board. No doubt. 
Um, and you're without those two. If you don't lean into your your offense completely, like where's the rush going to come from now? Daniil Hunter collapsed things. Like he he is so important. And the problem is now, if you say, yeah, but we got Ev back, Griff. If you play him as much as they might have to, he's going to wear it down. Yes. He's an old guy. Yep. And so now more than ever, if Daniil can't play, if you want to give yourself any hope, any hope, because I'm sorry, but last time I checked, plugging DJ Wanaman ain't going to do it, right? No, 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 no. no. Uh, you, you just traded a depth guy mm-hmm. to Denver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and I but the refusal this year in particular with the skill set offensive players that that they have even minus Irv Smith, it baffles me. Like it's one of the most bullheaded asinine things I've seen. Um because we've seen this team before not have great personnel. And you just don't. It's just not good. It's disappointing, but it's not good. But and I think this is why Dex, especially offensively, players like Jefferson probably and for sure are becoming frustrated because they're saying, hold on a second. We got an opportunity to help us win games. And you're literally still saying the defense will stop people. <laughs> Minus Pat P and Hunter, you're not going to stop teams. New. No. You're just not. And quarterbacks now can drop back. And aside from the, t- you know, the, the times that, that Griffin is fresh enough to, to get a push. But once they start to double him, good luck. Good luck. Daniel Hunter is an incredibly special player. Yeah, it's a And if he's loss. done, it is a mammoth loss. Mammoth loss. Uh, last question here from Dana. He says, how will the owners be able to decide between Kyle Shanahan, Eric Bieniemy, or a college coach on the up and up? That's a very tough choice with a, very, with a few strong options. You can see the benefit of choosing any of them. J- Judd, what do you, you you've you've covered coaching changes, you've covered the Vikings before, and you know the Wilfs, I feel like very, very well as very as well. Uh what do you think that they will let's say let's say it's Zimmer's out by the end of the year. I'm having to go with the midseason right. firing here. It doesn't matter. You're, you're moving on from Zimmer. Um yes. they start that process in early two thousand twenty two. What 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 would you think that they're looking for in their next head coach? Are they looking you know, Zimmer's the older guy and, and conservative and right. defense are they looking for a young and up and coming? Are they looking for a player's coach? What do you think that they would prioritize with their next head coach? So in this sport, you will almost always try and find the polar opposite of the person that you just employed. So I would say that you just hit it. They're going to look for a young, up and coming, offensive mind. Um, I don't see the sense in 2021, unless you think the guy is just a gifted coach across the board, like, like, Tomlin is like, I do think Mike Tomlin has his faults, but the guy owns a locker room. Players respect him. But if you are trying to judge a bunch of candidates who you like them all, but they're not like special, like there's not one. I don't see the sense in going defense now because it's so hard and offense rules this sport. The league wants it to, right? Yes. I mean, they're throwing flags constantly. Um, Your quarterback Mike and Kirk have given you a t- tutorial on how you don't want that relationship to go. Correct. Like it's just been a a flat out, you could put together a video and be like, this is not what you want as far as the relationship between coach and QB. So yeah, I think it's going to be a young guy. I think it's going to be an offensive guy. And you know, 
the sad thing is, because I, I know that there were a lot of Vikings fans in 2019 who, despite the playoff win against the Saints, feel this change should have been made at that time. I think it's going to be a Stefanski type. Same type of, you know, resume. So, yeah, I don't see any way. Now, I do think there's a chance that they would pay to bring in a big-time D.C. to help the coach out. Mm. When, when they hired Childress, so just to, to go back to 2006, Dex, when they hired Brad after they fired Tice, um, what they did at that point in time was the Wilfs actually checked around the league, and Chicago had just been to the Super Bowl. And at that point, the Bears ran the Tampa 2. And so what the Wilfs did back then was they basically said, we want a coordinator defensively to help Brad out who comes from the Tampa 2 because that's the in, in vogue thing. It was sort of a fan thing, but it also made some sense. And they got Tomlin, whose contract, I think, with the as the Buccaneers defensive backs coach who just expired. They got Tomlin from Tampa because he, he knew all the intricate details of the Tampa 2. Mm, mm-hmm. I think they might do the same type of thing. Now, it might be a veteran. If they go with a 34, 35-year-old head coach, I could see them going with a more veteran D.C. Right. But I think that that's probably what they would do. But I think the person calling the shots is going to be an offensive guy. And flat out, you're going to have to, and this should be a given, marry the coach to the QB, if that's Kirk, if that is Kellen Mond, if that's a new guy, um, so that you don't have this just huge gap between the QB going up to a podium and saying, I'm not really in charge of timeouts. <laughs> like, you can't have that. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, I think to go with the young up-and-coming guy, you know, Kellen Moore is my dude. But I, And also, even though like I'm, I might be leading the parade on that fan club, um, I, I also want them to do their due diligence, right? Like, I want them, if Eric Bieniemy is the right guy, then hire Eric, Eric Bieniemy. I also, I, it's not, it's, this isn't Glenn Taylor. I will say this about the Wilfs. It's, this isn't Glenn Taylor that like, I don't, if, if the Wilfs are going to have final say, I'm like, Oh, I don't them. trust it. I don't like, no, I, 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 agree with you I tr- trust the Wilfs that they actually will make the right decision there. Yeah. I really do. Yes. Uh, I will actually can make a case. Do you there. trust Rick? Mm. Because I'm not convinced they'll fire Rick. And, and if they don't fire Rick, Rick's going to make the choice. <sighs> like this gets into a very dicey. Conversation. Yeah, that, I think I trust Wilfs, but the problem is like I'm not unanimous like that, right? Like when I when you say the Wilfs and I say ownership, I'm like yeah, I trust the Wilfs, and then you say Rick and I have questions. Yeah, because I I agree with what you're saying about the Wilfs. Like I think the Wilfs, I think the Wilfs, I don't like the fact that they are so afraid of being bad that, right. that they accept just being okay to good but not great. But that being said, I'm completely with your Glenn Taylor point. Like, I don't think they're bumbling sports morons. No, I don't think so. So I'm with you on that. But I guess my I guess my question becomes this. What is the future of Rick Spielman? Mm-hmm. Because now I've got, you know, he can't really identify QBs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that the overall parameters for the search would be let's go offense and let's go young. And don't be surprised if they at least sniff around the college ranks. Okay. I'm going to throw throw you a, a name. Okay. Because he's had a lot of he he had a, a lot of success until this year. They're not doing as great. But he's definitely considered an up-and-coming coach, and I think he's eventually going to leave his place. Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out Interesting there. Interesting name. I'm just okay. going to throw that out there okay. as, uh, as one – because – the process, I, I, I hope we're past the childrish year of, we got Brad here, 
Let's keep him here and let's not talk to more people. I right. hope we're past that. I hope we're to a, we got to talk to a bunch of people. Yep. But yes, offense to me will be the key. All right. All right, man. That's it. Comments from YouTube, which we used to do on Friday with Mackie, but now he's out. So we do it on Mondays. It's me and Dex uh, back tomorrow. Purple Daily, Alex Boone, correct? That is correct. And, and then, of course, Realistic Randy uh, at 11 p.m. Central. Tomorrow night as well. I am willing to bet that we can open up our mics and then close them. Realistic's going to have yes. oh my a God. lot of thoughts. Ooh. And Alex Boone will too. We will talk to you soon. And again, thanks to our friends from Surly Brewing.